You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast with Brian Weber. It's a talk show. We talk. And former Pro Bowl Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart. Hey, get your popcorn ready. NFL No Huddle airs live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on the NFL on TuneIn, your everything audio app. Hello and welcome to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. I'm Brian Weber alongside Cordell Stewart. On today's podcast, we're going to spotlight all the big games coming up on Sunday and provide your fantasy fix. Brian, we're going to kick off the podcast today with former Chiefs running back Larry Johnson. Larry, thanks for taking the time. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you guys? We appreciate you joining us on the program, and we're going to get to the great work you're doing with the motivational edge in a moment. So let's start with Kareem Hunt. What has stood out to you based on all your expertise at the running back position, and how can he avoid the rookie wall we always hear about? I think you can't really avoid that rookie wall. I mean, 12 games is a lot different than playing 16 games in a season, and it's a lot more wear and tear. But I love the way he go, he's a north-south runner. When he gets the ball in his hand, he just heads down, and that's how he breaks tackles because most guys do not want to tackle a guy whose low center of gravity will win every single time. And plus, he's a passing threat when he comes out of the backfield and screens and stuff like that. So he's always improving his game as, as, as the weeks go on. So it's like it's exciting to watch him play. Larry, when watching this Kansas City Chiefs team play, you have Alex Smith, who's who's playing some of the most outstanding football, I think, of his career in a sense of what he's doing for this Chiefs team and all the pressure that he's had to endure, uh, whether it's with the draft uh, of giving, getting Patrick Mahomes to the naysayers in a sense of saying that he's only a game manager. Watching him play along with the Kareem Hunt as far as running the football and controlling the line of scrimmage with the guys up front, how impressed are you that this team offensively uh, is capable of actually going out and controlling games and putting points on the board the way they are? Because they have the necessary parts that make them successful. They had Tyreek Hill, who's a burner on the outside. They had Travis Kelsey, who's a great tight end. And they have Kareem Hunt. So all those guys working together and playing together, it makes the job for Alex Smith a whole lot easier. And he just has to manage the game. That's all he has to do. And instead of, you know, of course, getting the ball into the right people's hands, but you had those three guys in your offense, that core offense, it's so easy for him to, to make his mind up. Larry Johnson is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Larry, I'm sure you've heard the national chatter. Alex Smith looks different this year. Do you think he stepped up directly because the team drafted Patrick Mahomes or maybe the play calling has been more aggressive? It could, it could be a combination of both. I know guys play harder when they know it's somebody else is breathing down their neck, so I'm pretty sure he's going out there with every single game and every single attention to win every single game and to put on a show because he knows that young kid's behind him. And all veterans have went through this, this scenario before. All guys were rookies and like, oh, I'm going to take over this guy's spot. And then always the veteran be like, no, you're not taking my spot. So that's the competitiveness that I think he has, and he's, he's been showing it every week. This defense has stepped up with Eric Berry not being in. Eric Murray comes in. Justin Houston obviously being the leader he is. This team, do you think they're the best team in the National Football League with the way they're playing? Tyreek Hill, who makes great plays on special team. Obviously, you mentioned Kareem Hunt, who's a great runner. You've got a head coach in Amy Reid that's just really doing a masterful job of, of creating the game plans, especially on the offensive side. Do you think this is the best team in the National Football League? I think so. Those guys play, you know, play their hearts out every Sunday, and the defense is what's winning them games. <clears throat> of course, Alex Smith is putting the ball in the end zone, but the defense are holding. They're, they're like more of a bend-don't-break defense, and I think as more successful they become and the turnovers and takeaways that they get, 
it makes the offense even more successful. So I think as a package, they both play with a lot of intensity, and they kind of feed off each other, and that's how they end up winning ballgames. He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber chatting with Larry Johnson. Larry, let's head around the league. It's a universal truth in football. When you get to 30 as a running back, you start slowing down. So Adrian Peterson, 32, coming back from his latest knee issue, was a non-factor with the Saints. What do you think he's going to do with a second chance this season in Arizona? I think he's going to do a lot better. than I, <clears throat> I knew he was going to be frustrated when you went to New Orleans because they passed that ball 50 times a game almost. I knew he was going to be frustrated. Plus, they already had Ingram there and a couple other good running backs. So I think he needed to be in an offense where – He's a little bit more of the focal point, and I think Arizona's going to help him do that and just have him, you know, come in and in and off and off the bench. But I think being in Arizona, he'll be able to get the ball a lot more. The offense is completely different. That's so why I think he'd be more successful in Arizona than he was in New Orleans. You've had a chance to watch Marshawn Lynch uh, play just as a player overall, and, and I know you've watched many backs that really did some good jobs in the game. He's struggling right now. Uh, give me your take as a player that's older when thinking about it. Uh, you've left the game, come back into the game, and now things aren't really panning out your way, and, and it's looking pretty grim for him. What would you say to someone like a Marshawn Lynch as he moved forward playing with this team that's struggling with their quarterback, not even being a part of it, for the most part because of injuries? I would say regain focus. I mean, it's a long season. Anything can happen. Guys start out 0-4, 0-5, and then turn around and end up 10-6 and at the end of the season. So I think he knows how to be a professional and be a pro, but it does make it tougher on him because he took that year off and trying to get him back into the groove of things with a team that's not really successful right now. So I think for him to be successful is to actually focus a little bit more on himself and focus a little bit more on the team and get everything moving in the right direction. It's still a long season and anything can happen. Larry, let's go back to your career. From a distance, you seem pretty intense as a player. I know your father was a football coach. You were raised in the sport. Did you need that edge to be effective when you got on the field? I didn't need it. It was just something I was born with. When I played at tackle football at age nine, it was always in me to be that type of uh, player because I didn't want to let my dad down. Most of the times, my dad was my coach growing up. So I know I can't be out there making him look bad. So I had to push myself over the top every single time because it was always, oh, you're Coach Johnson's kid or you're my son. So this is what you have to do. So I played in practice like it was my last down I was going to ever play in football. So that's how I was so intense because I didn't want to uh, let my father down. Do you like the game the way it's being played today? You have the Christian, you have the Christian McCaffrey's that's in the game right now. Unfortunately for Delvin Cook, his style of play, when you look at the younger backs nowadays and how they are, does it take you back to a time when you were playing in the game and you saw Marshall Falk play in the game to the point where now we're seeing the reincarnation of these same backs in the game right now? I think so, but I would love to see more and more of the single back eye formation type guy. So I would like to see more of that. Two tights, single back. I'd like to see a little bit more inside zone plays, stretch plays, but the offenses are changing. So everybody's in the, in the shotgun and, and doing the handoffs left and right, and you're running 10 yards west before you go east. So I think the offense is a lot different, but for people like McCaffrey, it's, it's a dream come true for him. He's, he comes out of the backfield. He can beat linebackers. He can beat some of the DBs if he gets one-on-one. So I think he's shown he's, he has uh, great route, route running. Larry, you were an impact player on the field. Now you're impacting people in a different area with a motivational edge. What can you tell us about that? Uh, motivational edge is a performance arts-based program, which is helping – 
needy children, homeless children, juvenile detention centers. It's basically a focal point is using art as a way for them to get out of their toxic and emotional behaviors and kind of get them back on the right road of success academically. That's pretty good because a lot of kids, I think, need that outlet uh, to be able to find themselves. And, and how good does it make you feel when you're capable of grabbing one of those kids that you know that are in need of that type of attention? And over time, they end up changing right before your eyes to where, you know, it, it, it grat- is gratifying to know that you're a part of that. It's humbling to know where these kids come from. These kids are very, very strong and tough in character, but they come from broken families and families where either the mom is gone or the dad's gone or sometimes both of them are gone. So these kids have to use, have to find a way to be very, very vulnerable, and we give them that opportunity to be vulnerable, to be themselves, so they don't have to walk around with a facade as they're trying to be tough and there's nothing ever wrong with me. These kids are tough to me. So they like to go into the arts program and draw, paint, and performance art that gets them out of that, that funk they get in and lets them be vulnerable around other kids and other students, which they start you know, having that camaraderie and they turn their lives around. That's a real intriguing premise. For more information, our listeners can go to motivationaledge.org. Larry, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us today on the NFL on TuneIn. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. Experience the excitement of the NFL as it happens with NFL First and Goal, exclusively on TuneIn Premium. From week one to week 17, jump in and out of the action every Sunday with Nick Ferguson and me taking you from game to game. We'll have home calls as teams are threatening to score. Fake it to block. Brady tosses. Touchdown! Hear every big play. Hear every game-winning drop. Here's a touchdown. Catch NFL first and goal every Sunday starting at 1 Eastern only on TuneIn. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we continue on NFL, no huddle the podcast. Now let's go round the league with Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety. Nick, as always, we appreciate the time. So we were kicking around the notion the Eagles could be heading to the Super Bowl. Are you buying that? If not, what's their biggest weakness? Well, well first of all, we're still too far away from uh, the NFL playoffs. And we know that uh, teams have a tendency to start hot and fizzled out at the end of the season. But they have been impressive uh, so far. I have been really impressed with the way that Carson Wentz has played. And also, just like in the highlight there, uh, Nelson Aguilar, who we thought two years ago was going to be a bust. But, you know, what a difference uh, a second year, third year makes. And and so he's starting to make that connection with with Carson Wentz. The issue for me – far as the, the weakness that I see is uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And I know they played pretty impressive over the past uh, couple of weeks, but watching a couple of plays last night, one more importantly, uh, there was a design run by uh, Cam Newton off the left side of their defense, and I-, I saw a lot of the defensive guys collapsing inside to jump inside to take the run away. And to me, you can't, you can't do that. It's about being disciplined on the edges, about to be disciplined in your coverage. So if there is a weakness on this defense and Jim Schwartz's defense, it, to me it's still the, the secondary. And I know as a guy that played in the secondary, the, the, the front end and the back end work in tandem with one another. But there was some time that I saw last night that they were not on the same page. And 
playing against some other elite teams, like if you're playing against maybe the Atlanta Falcons, a healthy Falcons team, or you're playing against the Green Bay Packers, those are things that can definitely hurt you down the stretch. Well, I think if you go back to Super Bowl 50 with Denver Broncos, uh, when you have someone like a DeMarcus Ware and a Von Miller and a Derek uh, coming up the middle, um, you end up allowing your secondary to be maybe a little bit better than what they really, really are. And I think that's probably what we saw yesterday uh, with this Philadelphia team playing against uh, Carolina, which Fletcher Cox and company was just phenomenal. And I thought that's what helped uh, create those turnovers. But when you look at Jonathan Stewart and what he did yesterday, Nick, eight carries minus four yards. How do you really create any continuity on the offensive line if you're starting back out only getting minus four yards per rush, but your quarterback is getting 71 yards total in comparison to minus, minus four yards total in a game for the starting running back on that team? Well, Cordell, that goes back to uh, early in the season when the Carolina Panthers faced uh, the New England Patriots. At that point, we saw uh, Coach Shula the offensive coordinator, implement a lot of those design runs for Cam Newton. And the issue was that, okay, well, are we running Cam too much? We don't want to get him banged up. Our playoff hopes and our Super Bowl hopes uh, kind of ride on him being healthy. So with that being said, you know, when Cam is successful running the ball, that is going to take carries away from maybe uh, Stewart and McCaffrey. And then also, if you're turning the ball over as a running back, there was a pass that was thrown to Stewart on a screen pass. He couldn't call it in. The ball popped out of his hand right into uh, the open arms of a Philadelphia Eagles uh, defensive back. So when you're not doing that, you know, now they're saying, listen, what is the best play that we have that's going to give us an opportunity to score or get score touchdowns or get positive yards? And that's our 6'4", you know, 250-pound quarterback. So we're going to put more, a lot more of those plays in the, the game plan to have him be successful, and now Stewart is not now losing his carries. And you know this as a, a guy who played multiple positions in the NFL. You know, the best security is ball security. When you're not doing that, now we have to put the ball in the hands of someone else because it's all about getting positive plays. And we've seen, you know, Cam be exceptional in the past, like over the past three weeks. So with that being said, yes, you want to give him the ball. You want to give him an opportunity where this pushing the ball down the field with his arms or using his legs to create opportunities for the offense. Taking you around the league with Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety. Nick, I am reluctant to bring up our Jaguars because Cordell then will say, we're not fully embracing America's team. <laughs> yes, Cordell, they're America's team in Florida. We're flip-floppers, <laughs> but I'm a journalist, so let me just pose the question. And thank you for not snickering when I said I'm a journalist. Jags, number two in scoring defense, matching up against the Rams, who are number two in scoring offense at 30 points a game. Nick, coming off that five-turnover debacle, the Rams put together losing to Seattle. Were we a bit too quick to proclaim L.A. could be going to the playoffs this year? No, no, no. Uh, I think when you look at what uh, Sean McVay has done with uh, you know both sides of that ball and bringing over – Way Phillips, a guy who I played for, you know, he, he's instilled the right mentality in that organization. You know, I don't know what it was like under Jeff Fisher, but you can tell that this is an entirely different team. You can just look at, you know, Jared Goff and see how comfortable he is in the pocket and see that the offense has definitely been catered to his skill set. He's not being forced to, to do something that, that he cannot do from a skill standpoint. 
And, you know, if Cooper Cup is able to come down with that reception against the Seattle Seahawks, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We would be saying right now, man, how great the L.A. Rams actually look. But that's the difference, you know, from week to week in the NFL. But he has his team trending upward. They, do they have a, a tall task ahead of them? looking at what's now been coined the Jackson 5 and being that secondary for the Jacksonville Jaguars, absolutely. So to me, this is going to be a great test, a great test for the Jacksonville Jaguars and Jerry Goff as he goes against a secondary that is coming off five interceptions, two pick sixes against Ben Roethlisberger, I'm sure a guy that he looked at when he was at, at Cal. So I'm looking for this to be a, a very smash-mouth 907 type of game. You have two great running backs in Ty Gurley and Leonard Fournette. So to me, this this is like that prime game. And who would have thought anyone would have said that, you know, be web at the beginning of the season. Now I'm calling the game against the Rams and the Jacksonville Jaguars as a prime time game. So I'm really looking forward to that matchup. Nick, when you look at the, the Giants, um, you see a team that's actually falling by the wayside, I mean, as time progresses, whether it's at the head coaching position, whether it's Eli Manning, whether it's the receivers, just to play in general at the organization. Let's create a hypothetical conversation. So let's just say they stink up the joint this year and, and, and they're in the top five when it comes to being in the draft because they don't finish strong. Odell Beckham's ankle hurt, is hurt. He has a chance to come back next year, maybe get a new deal, maybe not because he may want to get traded. Staying on the L.A. Rams deal, what if he were to get a chance to go to L.A. if the chance presented itself? Because Sammy Watkins hadn't done a single thing uh, since the early part of the season. Um, And he actually become Jared Goff's right-hand man and the lightning rod in that community there in L.A. with his personality mixed into that lifestyle. How good could that be for that L.A. Rams team? I mean, that that would be – Exceptional. Uh, you have a guy, and, and Todd Gurley, we've seen what he's done this year. He's just been amazing, both running the ball and catching the ball at the backfield. I just spoke about uh, Cooper Cup. They have Tavon Austin. Uh, and you have, we talk about Sammy Watkins. If you were to throw a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. into that mix, now that makes that offense a very potent offense. And I'm sure both Sean McVay and Jared Goff would definitely be happy with that if that were to happen. And, you know, in Los Angeles, it plays well to, I guess, the mentality of Odell Beckham Jr. It is kind of, I hate to say this, but it's like New York City on steroids because there's so many opportunities out here. And we know, as we've seen many guys who play that wide receiver position, you know, they've been labeled as prima donnas, and this is the, the right area and the platform for him to kind of build on his brand. So he will fit in well here, and they, they have a great defense. All they just need is more offensive weapons. So if that were to happen, that, that would be a game changer on so many levels, not just in the NFC but in the AFC as well, because now all the other teams now have to go out and they have to draft guys who can get after the quarterback, and now you have to have three to even maybe four solid corners. That's something that most teams – don't have. So that would definitely change the landscape of football as we know it. Nick, great information as always. We look to break news on the NFL on TuneIn. Sources close to this show reporting that you're about to become a father again. Are we on Baby Watch? And most importantly, are you working Sunday? Uh, we are on Baby Watch and uh, B-Web. I plan on being there on Sunday uh, if this young man decides that he wants to come because he wants to see the Giants and the Denver Broncos <laughs> play against one another. 
I would not deny him that, but uh, I plan on being there with you on first and goal on this Sunday. Hey, man, you know, all these surprises, interim coach, babies. <laughs> what's next? I, I don't know. That's, that's the great <laughs> thing about him. That's why they call it a surprise, Cordell. <laughs> well, congratulations. I hope everyone is doing well. Bro. And obviously, Nick, you have my permission to take the day off. Cordell is volunteering to work on Sunday because he loves okay. that show that much. Yeah, come on at 730. Yeah, I'll be there at 730. <laughs> Eastern time, by the way. Eastern time. <laughs> All right, Nick. Keep in touch, and hopefully I'll see you on Sunday. All right, guys. You take care. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. The passion. 15-10, The fury. Inhaled in the backfield. Sack for the Huskies. The speed. Here's a home run ball. He's out there. He catches it. The best in college football from coast to coast. Touchdown, Notre Dame. 13-0 Buckeyes. To the goal line. Touchdown, Texas. Ball's on the carpet. Georgia says we have it. He's in. Touchdown, Michigan. This is the Nissan College Football Blitz. Listen on Saturdays this fall on College Sports Now on TuneIn. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. We roll on on NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Now it's time for the Fantasy Fix with toe-tagging Tambo of Roto Radar. Fantasy football has become a major reality for millions of fans. Makes him off to the 30. He's gone. He's gone. What a move. It takes skill to win your fantasy championship, separating the zeros. He goes to the near side, and it's picked up. From the fantasy heroes. Down the middle, it's caught over the shoulder in the end zone. Buckle up your chin strap for the Fantasy Fix. We have a tremendous partnership with RotoRadar.net. Today, their analyst is toe-tagging Tambo. Thanks for taking the time. Let's start with Adrian Peterson. Cordell and I have a difference of opinion when it comes to the future Hall of Famer. I think he's done. Cordell thinks he's going to be rejuvenated playing in Arizona. Do you think it's worth taking a shot with AP this Sunday, considering he just got to Arizona? Hey, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm with you, Brian, on the take. I think uh, it's a little too soon to roll out AP here and expect too much out of him. I know he's a quote-unquote brand-name running back and uh, obviously one of the greats, no doubt. But I think you have to give it a week-and-wait-and-see uh, approach. Um, you know, the Cards did drop Chris Johnson, but with limited time this week and a Cardinals team that's pretty healthy on the pass-catching front, I still think they stay pretty pass-happy. And if anything, I think Andre Ellington is still the guy to own here. When speaking of owning someone, obviously Odell Beckham won't be a part of that because he's out for the rest of the year. But when it comes to top receivers, uh, who do you have going into this Sunday's action? Yeah, it's a sad loss to see Odell go down. He's such a great player. Um, I think this Sunday a lot of people are going to go with the obvious DeAndre Hopkins and obviously good reason. Uh, but the Browns' Jason McCourty has actually looked pretty good and possibly could and probably should shadow him this week. Uh, with that said, my main man here is going to be uh, Steelers' Antonio Brown. A.B. is an absolute workaholic. Uh, he gets a workload on the field as well. So far, he's got 64 targets this season, uh, which is the most in the league, and he's proven time and time again to be matchup proof. Uh, he proved it last week when he was the one shining star for the Steelers um, in the little bit, cr- little bit of a crazy coached game there going after the Jags. It didn't work out too well for Big Ben. But I think Antonio Brown can come through in the clutch this week and uh, bring his deflated quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, back to, back to life and realize that he does still have it. When we were chatting with your colleague, Brittingham T, he called himself Brits. Toe, tag in Tampa. What should I call you? Because it's going to be too long to spit out the name every time I post a question to you. Yeah, everyone just calls me Tambo. Beautiful. 
Tambo. All right, Mr. T. Who's go. your top quarterback this week? Yeah, it's a, another a little bit of an off take. I think it'll be popular this week, but Watson's the main guy for everyone. As I just mentioned with Hopkins, it's a good pairing if you're going to do anything even in uh, daily fantasy. But uh, I still got to go with Drew Brees, the veteran. Uh, he's at home, first of all, uh, you know, some bye week stats. When he comes off a bye, he's thrown at least four touchdowns and had at least 330 yards in each of his last five home games after a bye. Uh, the, Giants, the, sorry, the Lions are without uh, Haloti Nada this week, so even a little more time for him there. And the Saints have a huge team total this week. It's an implied team total of around 27.5 points. I probably expect them to cross 30 this week. Uh, Breeze hasn't even thrown a pick this season, and he also gets his uh, other weapon back there in Willie Sneed. Tambo, is Rob Kelly of the Redskins worth holding on to for when he is healthy, or uh, is he losing his job due to injuries in Thomas's uh, production? Thomson's production, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, so I'm not really a big Rob Kelly guy, and in fact, I'm not really sure anyone who is out there. But uh, he hasn't done a lot to impress me. His usage has been up and down. Uh, even when he's been healthy. So I'm not sure if he'll completely lose his job just because when Perrine has come in, uh, he hasn't really done much. But I definitely think, like you said there, with Chris Thompson, you got a guy who's very capable. Uh, I'd much rather have him on my fantasy league team, especially in a full-point PPR league. Uh, he's still a little bit of a regression candidate in my mind, just considering a lot of his success this year has been on huge runs. And, you know, he's got four TDs in four games. I don't expect that to continue, but I definitely expect them to be heavily involved when the Redskins are down. It's the Fantasy Fix being provided today by toe-tagging Tambo from Roto Radar. Falcons feel like a quality pick offensively. You can just go up and down the roster and ride with them. Coming off a bye at home against the Dolphins. And we know when healthy, Julio Jones is a beast. But, Tambo, do you have concerns about Julio dealing with the hip issue? Yeah, I think we always have concerns with Julio just because he always seems to have some sort of little injury. It's never concerning enough because he's Julio Jones and he's you know one of the best, if not the best, receivers in the game, completely matchup proof. And it's always just something small, whether it was the turf toe, now it's the hip. It's always something little. But I think this week coming back, it's a it's a blow up spot for Julio. You got Sanu out. The Falcons have the highest implied team total of the week. They're at home against Miami. I don't think it's going to be a good spot there for them. I think the, the Falcons go up early and often, and I think Julio will be a big part of that. So I'd still fire him up. With the bye week this week with the Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott being in the news, is Alfred Morris worth adding in season-long leagues? Yeah, this is a tough spot. So, I, you know, it looks like Zeke is going to be out for sure. There's still uh, you know, a last-minute ditch effort by him and his lawyer team, I think, there. But, this is a guessing game if I've ever seen one. So to start the season when we thought the suspension was going to come out right away, uh, we were told the Cowboys had Darren McFadden up to speed just in case. But now we've seen them hold him back, and Morris has had the usage. He's ahead on the depth chart. Um, and there's even you know a little bit of theory out there that they are only using Morris like that now when Zeke was in to keep McFadden healthy. So very tough spot to distinguish. I think uh, they both have upside, but I think the thing with McFadden is if he does get in there, uh, he has some pass game value that he offers that Morris doesn't. Morris has looked good, but I would uh, try and get both of them if you can. It looks like it's going to be a good spot for the Cowboys behind that line. Last one for me. Every fantasy analyst has their own approach, and I know it's largely data-driven. I heard regression in there. How much do you try to factor in the human component? For example, if somebody's playing for the Browns, it's a lost year, do you think a guy like Isaiah Crowell might figure, you know what, I'm going out and getting mine? 
this team's only going to go two and fourteen, and maybe he can put up bigger numbers. Yeah, I mean, you guys know the NFL better than anybody. I think that's exactly the take. These guys don't just shut down like everybody thinks. I, I know they can be lost out there, and and things can happen, but. Uh, they, they have a different mentality, and you know they're looking to still get theirs. Like you said with Crowell, he's not going to shut it down just because. He's going to look at it as an opportunity to shine personally. These guys still need to get contracts. They still need to get money. They need to put on for what they've been signed up for to do, and that's they're just great athletes and great humans at that matter. They're going to go out and do what they need to do. Tambo, sharp debut. I love the power of language. I can understand the toe-tagging. Metaphorically, anybody who matches up with you is going to wind up in a body bag, right? You got it, man. That's the first person to get it right out of the hop. Well, I went to Stanford. I've squandered a lot of education to talk to you about fantasy football. Why are you Tambo? Are you John Tambo in the real world? Where'd you get Tambo? No, my last, my name's Tyler Tambaline. So going up, everyone loves Rambo. It's a, a popular movie, so they just took the name off. They, did, they couldn't pronounce my last name, so they just roll out of Tambo. <laughs> I like your last name, man. Be authentic. I think I'd just go with that. Cordell, what do you think? You have a unique name in Cordell. What do you think of my man's real name there? I, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's pretty impressive, to be honest. It's, it's, a, it's a tongue tangler. Let's just say that, uh, Tambo. Uh, but Tambo, i got a question for you. What about Tiger Woods? you think he's coming back? I told him you're a PGA analyst as well. Yeah, no worries. And I know Cordell loves the golf game, as do I, my man. So I, I love seeing Tiger. He's a, a video there a couple weeks ago, he was hitting some smooth iron shots. He seems to be the one that's in his mind more than anybody, thinking, you know, can I do this or whatnot, and then does he need to? I'd love seeing him back out there. It's a great, young, talented, uh, you know, sport. It's an up-and-coming sport in the daily fantasy industry and just in fantasy in general. If we could get Tiger back out there, that would really spice it up a notch. So I really hope he does come back. He's great for the game. Tambo nice. revealing his versatility. Strong debut. Enjoy your Sunday. We'll chat with you soon on the NFL on TuneIn. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good day. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. Experience the excitement of the NFL as it happens with NFL First and Goal, exclusively on TuneIn Premium. From week one to week 17, jump in and out of the action every Sunday with Nick Ferguson and me taking you from game to game. We'll have home calls as teams are threatening to score. Fake it to block. Brady tosses. Touchdown! Hear every big play. Hear every game-winning drop. Here's a touchdown. touchdown. Catch NFL first and goal every Sunday starting at 1 Eastern only on TuneIn. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we close out NFL No Huddle, the podcast, it's time for Cordell and I to tell you what we are more than sure is going to happen in week six. It takes a unique ability to navigate the topsy-turvy National Football League. Drop down, get your eagle on on this one. A special vision to find clarity in an always changing sport. I was wrong. Brian and Cordell aren't just sure about their perspectives. They are more than sure. I'm more than sure. All right, partner. I have not done a great job with clock management, so I gave us more time this week than last week. Seven early games, four late games, and Sunday night football between the Giants and the Broncos will take 15 seconds, so we can be a bit more methodical. Let's start in Atlanta. Falcons coming off the bye. They're 3-1. and Dolphins 2-2 and with an offense that's been sputtering. Jay Cutler had less than 100 passing yards on Sunday in the win over Tennessee, but don't tell that to Falcon head coach Dan Quinn. 
been impressed by their runners. I've been impressed by the receivers. They added tight ends this year, so that was new when they added Thomas and Fasano into that group. So I see the playmakers and the you know the, what they can do. And if you look just at the stats, yeah, you wouldn't be impressed on that. But I think it's early, in my opinion, and uh, they were disrupted uh, quite a bit at the start of the season. So we know we'll get a great shot from them, and uh, that's what we're we're expecting as well. Cordell, beyond the coach speak. Atlanta's going to win big. I'm taking the Falcons at home. How about you? I'm going with the Falcons. I just think right now, uh, Jay Cutler is a person that I'm not buying in this system. Adam Gaze is frustrated, of course. Uh, Atlanta's just too big right now. Like you said, too many touchdowns will be scored for them to keep up. Green Bay and Minnesota. Case Keenum, <laughs> your guy, guiding the Vikings 2-3, and three, hosting the 4-1 Packers. I'll take the Packers on the road. How about you? You're going with the Packers on the road? You sure they're playing on the road? I have them playing at home in Minnesota. That's what it looks like to me. Green Bay think? is at Minnesota. Green Bay Green Bay is at Minnesota, yes. I am going with Minnesota at home. Oh. I'm going with Case Keenum, Diggs, Thielens, Rudolph. That's who I'm going with. I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. They now take it from winning over the last three games, too. It's going to be three out of the last four games that this team actually ends up beating the Green Bay Packers. All right, since we're talking home and away, Stephon Diggs will be at home. He's out with a groin injury, but I like your logic. (laughs) Lions are on the road. Your hometown of New Orleans. They're 3-2. Matthew Stafford, Gimpy with the foot injury. Saints 2-2 coming off the bye. This is going to be a tough game to pick. I'm taking the Lions. They're going to win by three on the road. How do you see it? You know what? I just had a chance to talk to Deuce McAllister. I had a chance to talk with Bobby Bear. Mr. Creole man himself, Bobby Bear, Still back in the N.O., baby. Down in the boot. I'm going with the gumbo jambalaya. Red beans and rice and crawfish. Oh, by the way, in King Cakes, too. They have babies inside. Get the mm. baby. Get a new King Cake. I'm going with New Orleans Saints, baby. Florida Delee in the house. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you for taking us <laughs> off the field. A matchup of three and two teams. I can't believe I'm saying this about the Patriots and the Jets. Let's start with Tom Brady, who's anticipating the Jets showing up on Sunday. Three and two, and, and uh, they're fighting. I think they they played really well. I think they've had a good team. You know, every time we play down there, it's been a tough game. In the last five years, it's been a bunch of tough games, and that's what that's what we're expecting. Tom Brady has taken a lot of hits. He's dealing with a shoulder injury, but he still endorses his offensive line. You know, those guys have done a great job. I really do. I mean, I think they're they're fight their butts off on every play. The ball's got to come out on time and, you know, find the open guy and cut it loose. You know, we got to do a good job of that at the quarterback position. So, you know, I love that group up front. We've got great tackles, great center, great guards. You know, we've been in some competitive games. And we're going to keep fighting. So that's where it's at. Gang Green will be guided by the veteran Josh McCown. It's been fun. Uh, you know, these Jet fans are awesome. They're passionate. And, um, you know, for them, when they show up, when they're loud on third down, when the other team's on, on offense, that, that's a huge uh, asset and benefit for us. So hopefully they're, you know, encouraged and excited excited about the start. And, you know, we will continue to work to maintain uh, this level of play and give them something to cheer for. A lot of build up for what I believe will be a one-sided game, Cordell. I have the Patriots rolling. How about you? Oh, I'm going with the Patriots myself. Yes, I'm going with the Patriots. Yes, let's do it. New England, let's do it. Next up, call it the Kirk Cousins Bowl. Not Kurt, Kirk. (laughs) 2-2 Washington hosting 0-5 San Francisco, guided by Kyle Shanahan back in our nation's capital. But Jay Gruden says the 49ers are better than their record would reflect. Four plays away from being four and one, without a doubt. A lot of first rounders are on defense. A lot of skill on defense. Offensively, they have a lot of speed, a physical runner, and a, a nice offensive line. So uh, that's a competitive football team. And if you take anybody for granted, league, you're an idiot. So uh, that won't happen here.
Don't be an idiot and don't sleep on Brian Hoyer. San Francisco's quarterback for now says this team still believes. At some point, we just have to take the bull by the horns and, and execute and, and take it on our own accord and just go out and do it. I think that's the one thing. I don't think, you know, we look at it like where do we rank talent-wise. I don't, I don't look at it that way. I just think that I know what our record says it is, and that's all that matters, but I know how we feel as far as what we're capable of doing. Cornell, the Niners are going to win one of these weeks. This will not be the week. I'll take the Redskins at home. How about you? I'm going with the Redskins. I am, I am, I am. Kirk? Kirk. Kirk will guide his team to a victory. 3-2 Baltimore matching up with 1-4 Chicago, led by Mitchell Trubisky. I'll take the Ravens at home. How about you? I'm going with the Ravens. I think they give the young kid a lot of flack because this is his first time going on the road in a hostile environment. T-Sizzle takes it out on him. All right, we got to pick up the pace. Let's go. Winless Cleveland's going to lose again at Houston, correct? I'll take the Texans. I'm going with the Texans. Yes, I am. I will take the Bucks on the road at Arizona. How about you? I'm going with Arizona. All right. I'll take the Jags at home against the Rams. How about you? I am going with the Jags. I'm going with the Jags. Yes. I'll take the Steelers upsetting Kansas City. How about you? You're coming back here apologizing. I'm going with the Chiefs. Going I will take the, the Raiders beating the Chargers. How about you? I'm going with the Chargers. You thought on about that one. It. Okay. Are you bold enough to pick the Giants to get their first win on the road to Denver? I am going with the Giants losing against Denver. Nice. That was very nimble. And that's it. We'll pick Monday Night Football after the weekend. Thank you for listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast on iTunes with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Listen live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern by downloading the TuneIn app and searching NFL No Huddle. The National Football League is on. Tune in your everything audio app.